0: Woo! the dream reality for the green bay phoenix the 18-year drought is history the green bay phoenix are going to the ncaa tournament
1: hello everybody welcome to a special episode of the fear the phoenix podcast happy hour edition my name is brian dickman and i hope you're all staying safe and staying well in these crazy times i've got a couple of friends on the line here with me ready to have some adult beverages and talk some green bay phoenix hoops you know it's the middle of the off season during a global pandemic but there's still plenty to talk about so let's get right into it um one of the guys joining me today is a guy that's becoming a regular on this podcast it's jim sarrow jim how are you doing today and what's your beverage of choice this evening
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on. And I'm working with uh, some beers right now. I've got a Bell's Oberon uh, opened up and I've got a Wisconsin Amber looking at me if this uh, lasts more
1: than 30 minutes. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Wisconsin Amber. That's a that's a good call by you there. So also joining us today is a guy that I'm really excited to talk to. He's a must follow on Twitter for any Phoenix fan. He's becoming the go-to guy for the latest GB recruiting news. You can follow him on Twitter at Phoenix Rising Nine. It's Jordan Drew. Hey, what's How's going, it going on,
0: Jordan? Not not much. I'm glad I'm glad I'm uh, finally. You guys are having me on. I guess you've asked me before, but I guess I've always found a way to skate out of it. But now I'm, I'm glad I'm uh, glad I'm finally doing this. It's a really cool setup, and uh, my drink of choice tonight is I'm drinking some Crown Peach with some iced tea. It's like I guess it's a thing you got to drink when you're in the South, you know. There you go. I, I do I do miss my Wisconsin beers, I'll tell you that though.
1: Yeah. I could see that. You you got a pretty good drink there though. I, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm rocking a captain and coke right now by my um, you know, myself. So <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm a pretty simple guy. Yeah. And I'm not drinking alone. I got you you guys with me. Um,
2: uh, Brian, the real question is is it a single or double.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a double. Uh, I mean When I was pouring it, it came out a little fast, and I'm like, ah, whatever, it's fine. So uh, I do have a quick question for you, Jordan. Uh, Have you gotten a cease and desist yet from the professional soccer team in Arizona with the same name as your Twitter handle? (laughs) Are you aware of that? I forgot about it. I forgot about that club, Soccer. I didn't even realize. Right. Um, No, I haven't. (laughs) i always thought that was kind of funny uh but i mean it's the it's a u.s team so really who who cares yeah but uh so anyway let's let's get right into it we've all got our beverages we've got a few topics to discuss uh the first one i wanted to bring up right away was april was kind of a crazy uh, month i should say um you know we had hunter chris transfer out in the month of march so then everyone's like okay we got one scholarship available and then all of a sudden, Trey Bell announces his decision to leave. You know, a short time later, Manny Patterson also decides that he's uh, going to put his name in the transfer portal. So, th- I mean, those things kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Jim, you're the self-proclaimed president of the Manny Patterson fan club. What were your first emotions when you heard the news about Trey Bell and Manny Patterson?
2: Uh, When I heard that Manny was leaving, uh, I thought a happy hour podcast was perfect because I had to pour out a little liquor for him. I was uh, sad (laughs) as all could be. Uh, Manny's my guy. I love Manny, but um, you know, at the end of the day, he said something in the press Gazette that I thought was really telling. He just said that, you know, getting away from it for a little bit, he had some time to think and, and kind of come to the conclusion that, uh, you know, you and I've talked about a little bit in the past. Maybe he just didn't fit uh, being like a true post player with, um, and so, He's going to look for a home where he can really finish out his career. And I wish him the best. From what I understand, Manny's an awesome guy. And um, while I'm sad that he's not gonna be playing for the team, you never want any of these guys to be unhappy or or not reaching their full potential on the court and in life.
1: I think it was that same article where um, Coach Darner kind of mentioned the the coronavirus pandemic and players going home and you know, maybe people are talking in their ears. So, you know, that's just kind of something I that crossed my mind as well, even before that article came out was, um, you know, I wonder how much of an effect that has, but on the flip side, uh, so players coming in then this is where we, I'm happy. We have Phoenix rising Jordan drew on the line here. Um, one of the, the first guy to commit was Demonte Taylor. And, you know, I've seen him listed anywhere from like six, four to six, six, kind of a, a lanky kid. Um, what were your first impressions when you saw his highlights, and you know any kind of info that you've gotten from him, Jordan? I just feel like he's one of those up. He's got he's got a lot of
0: hold on. He's I a mean, super potential guy. That I mean, in Link Darners system, he can. They want a player that can play four to five spots, and I feel that role. Fill that role, and then he's also a player that we don't have to throw into the throw into the fire right away. We can give him a year or so to kind of you know get his game together college basketball body ready. And, and then, you know, just go from there. But I was, I was excited about it just because he, he has the pot- potential to be a top, a guy that can actually you know, run the darn offense really well.
1: Yeah. I think that's the, the key word there is potential. He, he definitely seems like the kind of guy that, that oozes potential I like him, um, you know, he seems like he's going to be good on the defensive end, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later as well, uh, the defense. But, um, you know, he definitely does seem like a an exciting prospect.
2: Brian, if you don't mind, I could like jump in on, uh, for DeMonte. Yeah. I thought it was cool. really exciting for the spring signing period that um, they balance out the JUCO recruits that they had in the fall with a couple of high school guys. So it gives a little bit better balance to the classes for the program. And a guy like DeMonte... Uh, as long and lanky and athletic as he is, probably could really help uh, you know, contest some shots and improve that three point defense. So I think uh I love, love, love that signing, even though he's kind of an underrated under the radar recruit in terms of who else is recruiting him. It's just kind of looking at a guy and saying, hey, we think he fits regardless of who else is uh after him. So I really I I'm I'm definitely into DeMonte as a recruit.
1: Yeah, that was well said. Uh you mentioned two high school players, the other one being Terrence Thompson from La Crosse, Wisconsin, six foot eight. Um, I think most Green Bay fans were pretty united in their excitement for being able to land a player like that, um, especially after losing Manny Patterson. Um, You know, he, he has a little bit of a different dimension than Manny. I know Manny did hit a couple or one, three or a couple of threes. I can't remember,
2: but um, one singular.
1: Yeah, that's right. He attempted a, attempted three of them i believe and he hit one of them but uh terrence thompson shot 42.7 percent from threes so uh kind of a guy that can play inside and out still be a big body defensively um we don't get a lot of traffic on our message board but that was one of the uh you know that kind of news really you can just tell it excited a lot of people um being able to get a player like him and uh you know i think Everyone agrees with that, right? Jordan? Yeah, most
0: definitely. I mean, I was super pumped but when I saw that Green Bay was at his high school game. I don't know, was it like in February? Um, Evan Flood tweeted it out. That's kind of when I started, you know, getting excited. Like Green Bay really is a shot at this. Shot at this guy, you know, because I mean, you're not going to drive three and a half, four hours all the way to was it the cross, Wisconsin, if yeah. you don't have a shot at this guy. So, um, super pumped, I grabbed him and. Just watching his videos from I think he's really be a really solid player in uh, for RP40 offense. He could stretch the floor. Um, yeah, it's, I think he's going to be able to of the seats at the rush. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I actually think he could, he could probably step in and contribute right away, I think, uh, especially black um, a little bit of size. So. Um, a player with his caliber can definitely step right in at, at least I think so what do you think Jim
2: yeah absolutely I mean when you think of Terrence Thompson with his athletic ability and then uh, think of in the link system the big man is oftentimes rim running right down the center of the court and it's imperative for the guards to get the ball out quickly and then get it ahead and you know I've, I heard Darner say this one time like you might only make that pass one out of 50 times but you got to you know, have the big guy running the lane so that it spreads the rest of the court out and spreads the defense out. And so he definitely can do that, can finish above the rim. And then anytime that you've got a guy, you know, who can catch and shoot from the three-point line, I mean, he's not going to dribble into a three-point shot, but he's going to be able to catch and shoot. And that's going to spread the court out for all of our other drivers that we have on the team. So I really like, uh, you know, adding some balance and and having four years of, potentially four years of a guy who, you know, was an A-10 level recruit that's a a difference maker and a game changer, and the kind of thing that also attracts other high level high school players in the region in the future. That I think is something that the coaching staff can really build off of and uh, should be applauded for getting a recruit like Terrence Thompson in.
1: For sure, yeah. You just take a quick look at his offer list. He had offers from uh, you mentioned the A10 in Duquesne and you know other really good mid major programs like Bradley and Missouri State. So yeah, definitely. Um, a good high caliber recruit to land, and definitely exciting. So the last piece that Green Bay added kind of came out of the blue as well. Um, you know, I was glad that they went this route though. they landed a junior college or excuse me, a division one transfer, um, Donovan Moore from toledo, six three guard. Um, you know, and I like that kind of help balance the rosters out a little bit. Uh, Cause he's going to have to sit out next season unless the NCAA somehow passes the transfer exemption, which I don't believe is going to happen. Um, but still, he was a pretty highly recruited player himself uh, chose Toledo. Didn't do a whole lot at Toledo last year as a freshman. Um, but w- what are your thoughts on him, Jim, as a player?
2: Two things stand out to me. Like, Scorer, just a guy who's going to figure out a way to get the ball in the hoop. Uh, You know, a lot of the highlights you see are him attacking the rim with a big, strong body and good athleticism at 6'3". But also some of the things that I think are really important for the Green Bay offense, like the really good guys in the Green Bay offense can dribble, you know, one or two times to a spot and then pull up and shoot. And some of the highlights I saw, he definitely was doing that, where if you think of a lot of kids, they can stand at the three-point line and catch and shoot or they can drive all the way to the rim and lay it up. But that intermediate game is so big for green Bay. And some of the highlights I saw had him, you know, putting the ball on the floor for a bounce or two, and then going up with the shot. So I think he's perfect uh, for them and at his size and ability to handle the ball. If you get a lot of big guards uh, that's been a really, that's been a calling card for green Bay under coach Darner. So I'm excited by Donovan Moore. Uh, Totally yeah, you know, I don't know which guys are in charge of recruiting for each of these players, but I think they knocked it out of the park here in this in the springtime and uh I'm
1: I'm pumped. Yeah, for sure. Uh Jordan, do you have anything to add on Donovan Moore?
0: Yeah, I was just kind of you know picking off Jim. Um with his ability to come and shoot, I mean Cleo Small had really great success doing that in his was it one one to two years in the RP, RP forty offense. So if he can little bit what cleo small did then you know i think i think green bay really hit it out of the park and based on you know i think you are mentioning basketball recruiting rankings i'd love to see where cleveland state figured out their uh recruiting rankings and being the top top recruiting recruiting class on the horizon i i can't find those rankings anywhere so if you can
1: you could <laughs> find those for me let me know right now i think they're made up <laughs> i like that uh you know yeah that is interesting um I think it is pretty, well, actually, we're going to talk about the rest of the league a little bit later on. So we'll we'll save that for later. Um, Do either of you have anything to add on as far as the April roster changes, either the departures or the additions?
2: The only thing I have to add on to that is uh, one of the quotes that uh, Scott Mencey had in the paper was, you know, might not be done yet. So that always leaves that intrigue and doubt. And as Phoenix fans and diehard Phoenix fans, cause I know we go back and forth all the time. Like that uh, I spent an inordinate amount of time looking at what might also happen. So it seems like everything's pretty good, <laughs> but by the same token, there's that little nugget of maybe we're not done yet. So uh, that's scary and exciting all at the same time. Yeah,
1: that's true. I don't think anyone expected Trey bell to leave. So there could be any, you know, there could be something around the corner who knows, But uh, with that said, so the next topic that I have here is, will this team be better or worse offensively next season? Now, this past season was the most efficient offensive team Green Bay's had since 2010, according to Ken Palm. So, I mean, it's going to be harder or hard to be better than what they were last year, uh, especially with only, you know, 34% of the team's scoring returning. Obviously, that doesn't include Tank or Josh Jefferson, but – um, you know, Jordan, what do you think? Is there a chance this team could be better offensively next season? Uh, definitely up in the air. Cause there's so much, so much, I guess,
0: new, new pieces coming in. So it's really hard. It's really hard to tell. I mean, yeah, we're adding tank, which is a good thing. They're, you know, played before the division one level. So we're bringing in new guys just to, uh, I haven't seen it before, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really anxious to see that because we have a senior in PJ pipes that obviously shot lights out from three, three point land. And then you got Amara Davis. So they're going to obviously do their part. So it's just going to see how it's just going to how we can fit the other guys into the, you know, the puzzle.
1: Yeah, that, that's well said. I think, um, you know, PJ pipes is going to have more usage. He's definitely going to get some more shots, I believe. And then, um, you know, Oh, I'm sorry, Jim. I, I don't want to step on your toes. What, what do you think, Jim? Are they going to be better or worse offensively next season?
2: You know, I said this to see before on a, on a different podcast and I would go with the same. I mean, whether it's been Carrington love or Khalil small or Charles Cooper, or Sandy Cohen and now Jaquan McLeod, they've always had the ability to have somebody step up and you know play in their style of offense and be able to get buckets. And you know, on one hand, guys like you know Jaquan and Cam and Cody and Trey could all kind of create their own shot. Whereas PJ made a lot of those off a of draw and kick coming to him. He wasn't necessarily dribbling into those shots, although he has that in his bag of tricks. But I just think they're going to be able to score. I'm not too worried about that. I think some of the JUCO guys that they have coming in, uh, like Blayton or Leon, are probably going to be able to, you know, put the ball in the basket. And you know, when I look at one of the overwhelming themes with all the new guys that are playing, while we, they're not known quantities, the team really has a lot of length and athletic ability. And uh, you know, perhaps if they're like contesting three-point field goals and improve that three-point field goal defense, that leads to long rebounds. Long rebounds lead to runouts. Runouts should be a huge. Uh, you know, scoring opportunity for green Bay basketball. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, optimistic that the scoring is going to be there, even though the pieces are going to be different.
1: Yeah, that's well said. Um, yeah. One player I'm really excited about is Josh Jefferson. I know we've mentioned him a few times, but I think he's going to come in and be a starter. I, in my opinion, you know, he averaged almost nine points a game at Illinois state um, a couple of years ago before transferring to green Bay in the Missouri Valley conference. So, um, 40% three-point shooter as well, so I, I think that's going to translate well to the Horizon League. Um, really excited to see him. You know, he'll he'll be a double-figure scorer in my opinion. Um, so on the flip side, defensively, better or worse next season. And uh, I'll you know f- add to that that this team was the worst defensive team efficiently, uh, defensive efficient team according to Ken Palm. You know, in the Ken Palm era, they've never been worse than they were last year. So I don't think it can be worse, but, you know, I I, I shudder at the thought of thinking it could be worse. What, what do you think about that, Jim? Uh, well,
2: I in this Corona time, I had a little free time and I listened to one of the old podcasts I did on uh, the Horizon Roundtable with uh, Bob McDonald. He had me on and I was doing the mid-season review for the 2018-19 season, (laughs) and I said that the defense and rebounding was on a milk carton because it was missing for Green Bay at that point in time. So and that was two seasons ago. I didn't think the defense was that good. Last year, obviously, the metrics didn't look very good. And that was with guys like Cam and Hunter who are good on the ball and P.J. is good on the ball, uh, whereas Jaquan and Amari maybe aren't so good on the defensive side. I know people are kind of hoping that Tank is going to step up, but the quote that I thought was kind of uh, scary from – uh, Coach Darners are like, well, cool, Tank makes up for a lot of mistakes, but you know, I'm one of those guys. Like, well, why are we still making mistakes? <laughs> we should not need a guy to make up for all the mistakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I do, I do think the the JUCO guys like Blayton and Paris are probably gonna come in, and depending on what happens with uh, Terrence Thompson and Demonte Taylor, those guys are probably gonna be good on, for the defensive effort. Um, ultimately, though, when I, I did some research, and this is gonna go in the way back machine here. And links uh, championship team at Florida Southern in the Sunshine State Conference. There's nine teams, and this is the year they won the D two title. They were seventh out of nine in field goal percentage defense, uh, seventh out of nine in three point field goal percentage defense, and fifth out of nine in rebounding margin. Um, And then for defensive rebounding, they were fourth out of nine and offensive rebounding fourth out of nine, but they are number one out of nine for turnover margin. And so the whole strategy seems to be then and now, you know, do our best to defend, but we're not going to contest shots up high. We're going to contest shots down low, try to steal the ball and get the ball going the other direction. So to me, the formula isn't gritty, awesome half court defense. It's take shots. We can make, make free throws. Play fast, force turnovers, and so I don't think anything's gonna be better or worse with the defense
1: necessarily.
2: Is my long answer for all of that stuff,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jordan? What do you think? I know um, the three point defense has kind of been a bugaboo, especially at the beginning of last year. It did get a little bit better, but um, what do you? What are your visions for this season? Do you think it'll be better or worse? I've said it before; like if they can just three well, hundred. 300- what
0: 40 teams in the NCAA green Bay was probably in the bottom 20 or 30 like for the first probably half of the year and I, I always said if they can just get move up like 50 or 60 spots they have a completely di- different team and they did that but they need to figure out how to play that three point de- play that three point defense the whole year and that's kind of been a kind of been a I guess like a re- re- recurring theme throughout these past few years um but at the same time, we've seen some of these three-point shots that are – I mean, is it just bad luck sometimes? Because, like, remember Jalen Monette from IUPUI. You know, he banked one in off the backboard from the corner, and he makes it. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, it is – some some of it is
2: bad luck, but I was going to ask you, kind of think of uh, some of the things I see, and I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with this, but when they're playing, like, Detroit Mercy, you put so much focus on – you know, forcing Antoine Davis to make mistakes and kick it to other players and then hope those guys miss. And when they played Northern Kentucky, the second game, Bryson Langdon was wide open because they were taking away other people. And Brian, you and I were at that Youngstown gate uh, at the end of the regular season where a dude I'd never even heard of hit three three three-pointers. Like at some point, (laughs) uh, Phoenix fans are going to have to kind of accept that we're not guarding all five guys on the court because we're accepting that, hey, if, Jalen Tate doesn't beat us, let's make Bryson Langdon beat us, or let's make Brad Calipari beat us, or let's make whoever the hell that guy was for Youngstown State that I can't even tell you, let's make him beat us. So I think that that three-point defense, is part of it is a function of the gambling to get turnovers and get the tempo going. As opposed to saying, "Hey, we're gonna lock down each guy individually and make them really freaking work for it."
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I think they just gotta put together a full season of good perimeter defense. Was just it's just been like spurts of it here, 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 here and there, here and there. And um, they've they've showed in the past they can turn it on and then really, you know, really clean it up. But then they go through a little lull of you know, not not you know, really great perimeter defense when it costs us and team shoot. 55 percent from you know from downtown so just consistency on that end would be would be great and they've they've shown they can do it i just would like
1: to see more of it jim i can't believe you don't remember the name of jeff hamperian how how did you do that i literally thought that was a (laughs) I literally thought that was a
2: Youngstown state fan in the arena wearing a Jersey that snuck on the court. Cause that guy did not look like he was supposed to be out there shooting threes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I just looked it up. He's three for five uh, and he averaged two points for the rest of the season. So yeah. Yeah. Good, good times. Uh, anything else to add on the defense? I will say that, you know, you, there's not really good advanced stats to, um, uh, you know, to get defensively, but, um, we do have some good players returning that were, you know, towards the top of our defensive ratings. So, um, that's a good thing. But, but once again, it's hard to tell by, you know, sometimes you can tell that because there's more in-depth stats, uh, in the NBA, but as far as college goes, there's not really a good, um, defensive metrics for individual stats, at least that I've found.
2: I do think I, I you know, I'll say this. I really do think that the guys that they have are going to be able to get those turnovers, I really look at this team and I think, man, I don't see a single guy that they have that you'd say can't get a turnover and then start going end to end. And yeah. to me, that's, that's the formula. So from that perspective, I'm, I'm optimistic that from the efficient, you know, we think of, um, you know, OEM versus DEM. Uh, I think those are the initials of that. Like the spread on that should be favorable for green Bay, even if the defensive efficiency isn't awe-inspiring. <laughs>
1: yeah that's all said yeah they got the length to kind of have that jordan faust role just get in the passing lanes and uh get deflections get steals and get going the other way so definitely something something to look for next season so now let's kind of take a spin around the horizon league um i know jordan you mentioned the cleveland state recruiting class the self-proclaimed best in the horizon league um you know, have you kind of looked at their recruiting class, or or what makes you kind of hesitant to to say that uh, they're the top class, or is it just because they're you haven't seen it listed? Well, anywhere? I I just
0: haven't seen it anywhere. But no, they do have a. I know two other kids they're they're bringing in. One's like a seven seven two center, and then some other I forgot what his name is, but he I, he looks pretty legit. He he enrolled he enrolled early at Cleveland State, so he's with he was with the team all last year or the second semester. Um, some, a three-star shooting guard. So, I mean, Dennis Gates is definitely doing a great job down there. So, he'll be Cleveland State will be one to reckon with in the future, probably this year.
1: Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of uh, of Dennis Gates. I I was at that Cleveland State game at at the Crest Center, and I was kind of watching how he was interacting with his players, and you can tell he he, he uh, his players genuinely. Like playing for him. And um, he, he just seemed, you can just kind of tell he's he's a good coach. And um, we'll see if he can actually beat some good teams. I know they were picked to be last uh, this past season. And then they kind of exceeded that expectation. So he was the co coach of the year. But um, Jim, any thoughts on Cleveland State?
2: I really like Des Moy Hodge. Uh, that's their top JUCO guy coming in. He was a highly rated junior college player. Uh, there is a guy that creates his own shot, which is something that Cleveland State players couldn't do last year. I mean, they played balls out, but they didn't have anybody that could, you know, really, really get their own basket, which is why they got outscored, even though they played great defense. Um, Hodge is perfect for that. Alec Oglesby is the a guy that Jordan was talking about that's enrolled early. Uh, you know, could be a nice player for them. Don't know a lot. The big kid, the 7 2 kid, um, I'm just going to give you a Brian Wardle quote when they got Alec Brown. The big kid, you know, was he's uh, tall and skinny and doesn't appear to be overly skilled yet, but he's also 7 2. But uh, I remember when Green Bay got Alec Brown, uh, <laughs> Wardle said, Hey, there's a reason we got him. Which is, you know, if he was 7 2 and could play right now, that he wouldn't be, you know, at Cleveland State. Uh, so I agree with Jordan. <laughs> I think their recruiting class is severely overrated. Two of their JUCO guys are D two transfer ups, so they were D two when JUCO and now coming to D one. Not saying D two guys can't play, but um, I, I just don't see the reinforcements that are needed to take a uh, seven win team in conference. A team, by the way, that only was six and zero against UWM, Detroit Mercy, and IUPUI, and then one and eleven against everybody else in the league. I don't see these guys being enough to take them from seven and 11 with no with only one quality win to suddenly being top of the league.
1: Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Uh, I definitely like what they're building in Cleveland, especially what uh, you know compared to what has been there the past few years, um, the cupboard was pretty bare there. so um, I think I think it's they're heading in the right direction there. Um, the other team that, you know quote unquote, has won the offseason so far has been UIC. Um, you know, they made a on paper a pretty good coaching hire with uh Luke Yaklich. And then uh they've been kind of knocking it out of the park with getting these transfer players to come home and um a couple of solid recruits. So uh w- what are your thoughts on UIC, Jordan?
0: Yeah, they've definitely part bringing bringing some uh guys back home. Was it they picked up a commit yesterday for Maurice Commander and then they have what Davion Kirk and then the guy from Iowa State. So they, this year will probably be a little rough for them, but the following year, um, they're going to be a team to reckon with in the Horizon. But I'm going to steal from Jim here. But they got to they got to show that they can that those guys can come in and win the next year. Or be or it could be a, a challenge for them in the future. So. Um, it's exciting, though. I mean, anytime on another Horizon League team gets better, I mean, it's better for the league. So USC can go out there and win some non-conference games and make the league look better. It's only it only benefits Green Bay more in the future. So exciting! Maybe we, maybe we can get a little border war going again between, you know, Wisconsin and Illinois.
1: It'd be kind of <laughs> it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. um yeah, it it's good to get the uh the anchors. You know, USC hasn't been an anchor the past few years. They're just kind of kind of in the Green Bay territory of the uh, you know, 200-ish in the RPI or the net. Um, but yeah, I agree need to get them back up in the top 200, top 150 that, you know, that'd be ideal. Um, Jim, what are your thoughts on USC?
2: It's hard to say that they haven't improved because they had a couple of really nice players coming back with uh, Braylon Bridges and Diggins and Wiley. And they had a young guard that uh, played a little, I think Brian Taylor was his name. And then you add in three D one transfers. Plus you bring in, uh, I think the guy's name is Raquandas Mitchell who played at Idaho and then went D one, although he didn't do a whole lot at Idaho, but at the end of the day, it's an intriguing improvement for UIC uh, I'm definitely not. Um, I'm not in the Dennis uh, Dennis Green, you know, mindset with the Arizona Cardinals where I'm ready to crown them yet because uh, <laughs> yet yeah, they haven't actually played together and Coach Yaklich hasn't actually coached them yet. And with summer school maybe being in doubt and some other things like, you know, continuity is going to be important here uh around the league so when i think about who's going to do well it's going to who's going to have the continuity because some of these guys aren't going to have a chance to get together and start gelling right away um but on the whole it's good to see uac doing something to try to win i mean they have really great facilities they have a good school they have some money to throw around at this they're in a good market like they shouldn't suck like
1: they have been (laughs) (laughs) one thing i'll add is you know Yaklich more of a defensive-minded coach so i think that will help in year one as we saw with dennis gates um you know get your guys playing defense and then you know see what happens so i I think they will be kind of a you know a mid-table mid-league kind of finish team um hey
2: brian i know you're big into this stuff uh with like ken pom weren't they pretty good on the defensive efficiency ratings within the horizon. League. Like, I thought they were one of the higher rated defensive teams, if I'm not mistaken, do you know off the top of your head? Cause when I watched them play, I thought they played so lazy. I mean, and, but then when I saw the stats, I'm like, I think they're pretty highly rated defensively. So that's been a calling card for some of the guys on that team, at least from what I could remember off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, I just brought it up here. They were 115th last year in defensive efficiency, um, of- you know, obviously they were really bad if efficiency-wise on offense just because they had a bunch of guys chucking it up all over the place. They turned the ball over more than almost any team in the country. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you got a good point there that they were pretty good defensively last year. Did, did UIC lose any of those guys? Did, did they transfer, or did Yaklich be able to
0: keep a bunch of those? um They yeah. had yeah
2: graduation ferguson bowen and uh audi were all seniors so those yeah. and jordan blunt were all seniors so those four guys are gone uh so they have braylon bridges michael diggins and i think it a dj wiley uh That's those right. are three guys that, that played and should be returning to go with the guys that you mentioned coming in and depending on when those guys that are coming in are able to play you know if they're getting waivers and able to play right away or if they're going to be out a year so their roster is really one of those things that is in flux because we don't know which guys are gonna be able to play in the 2020, 21 season. If we have a 2020, 21 season. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. They have a lot of, uh, a lot of size returning, but yeah, definitely lacking in, in the guard play, but you guys mentioned some names of guys coming in. So it'll be, uh, that'll be one to watch for sure. Um, you know, any other horizon league team this offseason kind of do anything good, you know, uh in your minds. We had a few bad ones, obviously. Oakland had uh, another transfer. Um, you know, I don't want to say epidemic, but uh, you know, a lot of transfers from Oakland. Um IPUI still doesn't have a coach and we're in the middle of May. Um, so I mean I guess anything good or bad that you guys have been keeping an eye on around the league?
2: If you, uh, Jordan, if you don't mind, I'll jump in first. Like My my keys around the league, the big dominoes that still fall to me are what happens with Quisenberry in terms of, I don't think he's going to the NBA, but I don't know for certain that he's coming back to Youngstown State. I mean, he might get some feedback that says you need to play up a, a level. And some of the IUPUI guys are in that same boat with like uh, Marcus Burke as an example. Uh, something else I thought kind of stood out around the league, the league went with a lot of junior college recruits um you know uwm went that route you have um, cleveland state going that route you have northern kentucky going that route you have green bay going that route so you know you're adding experience so we'll see if that lifts the league up a little bit i thought fort wayne coming in we don't talk about fort wayne a whole lot but i was listening to the uh, horizon podcast and they were talking about their three-point field goal percentage wasn't very good so but they added a lot of shooters, so that's going to put pressure on a team like Green Bay that doesn't play a very good three-point field goal, three-point field, three-point shooting defense to uh, do well there. And uh, the last thing I was kind of looking at is there's still three teams to me: Detroit, Wright State, and Northern Kentucky that are still adding pieces that don't have 13 scholarship players right now. So the league is still maybe in flux in terms of changes.
1: Jordan, do you anything uh, good or bad that you've seen from around the league so far this off season? It's just it's
0: been kind of weird. I feel like the two you know two heavy hitters in the Horizon League, Wright State and Northern Kentucky, they've had pretty quiet off seasons. You, I haven't really heard a lot
1: um, from them, especially Wright State. Is Wright State who have they added this year? So they actually signed a kid from uh, my high school. So shout out to Alex Hubrist. Uh, oh yeah,
0: from Gratton, right?
1: Yeah. He his only other offer is from Milwaukee, but he's a he's a talented guard. I think he's gonna be more of a point guard in college. Yeah. But um yeah, they added him. Uh they added a six seven forward uh what was his name? Andrew Whalage. And then they added another uh kind of a project player. Um so yeah, you're right, not nothing too too crazy from right state. I think that okay. Whalage guy
2: is, uh, his comes from a, a family of basketball players. I'm pretty sure that there was a kid at San Jose State with the same last name that ended up going to Xavier for his senior year that, uh, was really pretty good. And I'm pretty sure that that kid comes from the same bloodline. So he might actually be a player.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, Northern Kentucky kind of, um, they had a bit of, you know, the transfer bug bit them a little bit. And, um, Obviously, they had some really good talent graduate, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of season they have really put the uh, really put Darren Horn to the test after a pretty good first season uh, in Northern Kentucky. So that brings me to the next question. Kind of, I guess, basically, if you had to pick a top four in the Horizon League right now, what would it look like? Obviously, it's very early. It's assuming there is a season um so jim do you want to go first what would your top four look like right now
2: yeah uh number one i've got right state uh i subscribe to the wwe theory i think it is if you want to be the man you got to beat the man and uh you know they got they still have Nagy. they still have loud and love they have tanner holden they have jalen hall they have uh tim fink who is a transfer from i believe grand canyon but was highly rated out of high school i mean that's four guys and the best coach in the league that that's probably enough to keep you relevant with all the other pieces that they have, um, you know, on their team. So I, I still think Wright state's the best team to beat this year. Uh, Once they lose a lot in love, maybe they start to fall back to the pack a little bit. Uh, Number two, if Quisenberry returns, I like Youngstown state. I, that just absolutely eats me up to say that, but that's a separate podcast probably. Uh, But the, (laughs) The reason I like them is that you've got Quisenberry coming back, you've got Cathcart, you've got Nas you've got continuity of your best players. And that's really important, especially if some of these other teams are going to be coming together late and then can't practice and get in sync as much. Uh, So I really like Youngstown. I've got Green Bay third. I mean, we think about Davis, Amari Davis, Tenkanville, Pipes, Jefferson. They can all play. And then you really only need from the Paris Taylor, Leon Ayers, you know, Williams, uh, DeMonte Taylor, you know, the Juco guys, the high school guys, you only need two or three of those guys to be able to put it together and and get over the hump and be in that relevant. And for, for those of you that don't like Coach Darner's contract, you know he's going to figure out a way to stay in the top four. I mean, come on, he gets paid for that. So <laughs> uh, I got Green Bay third. And then last, I've got Oakland, number four. Uh, I actually think they have the best recruiting class in the Horizon League, not Cleveland State. I really like uh, – got a point guard, Jalen Moore, that I really, really like. He's little, but he can just get anywhere he wants and get shots up. You have Rashad Williams. Lefty, too. Yeah, lefty. I love those lefties. We're loaded with lefties, by the way, in Green Bay. We're just killing it with lefties. Yeah. At some point, I think we're going to have a five-lefty lineup out there if we keep going. <laughs> Um, but you got Jalen Moore, get anywhere he wants to on the court and score. You got Rashad Williams, who, if he's not bringing the ball up, he can't be as much of a ball hog and probably improves his efficiency. You've got Oladapo and Kangu. That's four pretty nice players. And then they've got some, you know, talented, albeit inexperienced guys coming in that I think will be able to help them compared to what they had in the past. So I like those as my top four. Um, and I already talked about Cleveland state and their record against good teams. So I think they've got. More work to do than people are expecting them to do. They're kind of my team of people are going to pick them high, and I think they'll be more middle of the pack. <laughs> Jordan,
0: it's hard to follow right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Me, like Green Bay is definitely going to be in the top four. So now, where they're at in the top four, you know who knows. Um, third is third is about right though for Green Bay. Uh, they have the, they have the experience coming back. Um, but they gotta put it all together. But okay, I'll start from the top. So yeah, right state number one. Um not in love. It's hard to beat. He's the player of the year. Um yeah, not many player not not many other teams in the league have someone to uh you know deal with him. Um two, yeah, youngstown state, I believe that as well. Hannon was one of my were recruits that didn't end up in Green Bay. Green Bay originally had offered him. And now he's turned into be like you know an incredible player over there. Um, but I guess it all kind of depends on what Quisenberry does too. If Quisenberry doesn't come back, I don't see them being number two. Then um, maybe Oakland would slide up in front of them. So and then three and four, I'm gonna put. Uh, I can't really decide, but between Oakland and Green Bay, Coach Campy's a great coach. He's going to put his team together well. Yeah. Um, and Green Bay, depends on how they play their defense. So I'd say, yeah, Bright State, Youngstown State, if Quisenberry comes back. If not, I'd probably drop them to five, then Green Bay, Oakland.
2: You think about Oakland next year, they had uh, last year, they had those two big guys and nobody could really match up with them, but they had like no guard play at all. Mm -hmm. And then this year they've got really nice guard play and you're looking at the roster going, well, I hope some of these big guys can do something and that are kind of coordinated. So they're kind of having a role reversal, but I'd rather have more guards than big guys because the league, you know, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't, they couldn't get the ball, you know, barely over half court with yeah. some of those guys they were playing last year. So I think that I think they're due for a, a nice step up at, in Oakland for sure.
0: Yeah, now that I'm thinking about neither one of us included North of Kentucky, um, I think we're gonna be paying the price for that on Twitter here probably when, after this thing gets posted. <laughs> I know especially one guy who's gonna get after us. I'm not gonna name any names but I'm sure you know who it is. Yeah don't, if you're, in, don't if you're like into
2: if you're into if you're into alliteration, then you know who it is. But uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not too worried. I mean, they don't have a complete lineup. It's hard. You're asking me today on you know May 11th to pick, um, or was it the 12th? I don't. Whatever. Every day is Tuesday. Um, you're asking me to pick today. They don't have a complete lineup, and they've got you know they lost a lot. They've got Faulkner coming back, but that's like the only guy they have coming back that really made an impact for them. I mean, they're going to be relying on total unknowns for their team. It's not unreasonable to pick them a little bit lower. It's not that I don't think they have a good program. It's not that I don't think that they could do better. It's just you're asking me to be totally guessing compared to what other teams have that I can see today, uh, you know, putting it together. So they can come at me, come at me all you want. I'm at Jim Saro on Twitter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you think it's completely out of the water Tyler Sharp's done? Because I know they were trying to hope that he could come back a year. You think that's done for?
2: I mean, I I think it's ridiculous, but you know what are the rules? I mean, it seems to me that based on the rules, he's done. But based on the rule, I think the rules are freaking ridiculous, and he should be able to play for sure. Uh, But even if he even if he's coming back, I mean, they still lost Dantès Walton. They lost Jalen Tate. I mean, they lost their two other really good players. It's natural to think that they're you know going to have a a fallback. I mean, they Mm -hmm. they don't grow those kind of players on trees and. You know, in in their case, I'm not knocking Darren Horn because I think he's a great coach and a great hire. But uh, John Brannon, you know, found Drew McDonald. He found Carson Williams. He found Tyler Sharp. He found Jalen Tate. He found Mason Faulkner. He found uh, the kid that went to Western Carolina and declared for the NBA draft. Like that dude knew what he was doing at a really high level and developed players at a really high level. He had Chris Boat. I mean, there's a lot of guys that Brandon brought into that program we haven't seen what Horn can do yet. So again, I just don't, I don't think it's unfair to, you know, say maybe fifth, six, seven, somewhere in that range. And if there's a fan base that needs a little humbling, it's gotta be them. Come on.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Um, Tyler Sharp, by the way, played in seven games, 11 total minutes at Louisville. So yeah, that, that does kind of suck for him that that cost him a year, but um, you know, that that's just how it goes, I guess. Um, so we do have the same top three, all of us. I like Wright State, number one. Uh, you know, Jim said it; they're they're the best until proven otherwise. Um, I have Youngstown State with Quisenberry coming back. Uh, you know, that's a big caveat. But if 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 Quisenberry comes back, um, I'll pick them second, and I'm very hesitant to do so because they have in their history, or at least in, since 1997. They have won more than 10 games in a conference season one time. That was 2001 when they won 11 games in the mid-con. And they have only won 10 games in the Horizon League twice now. So know yeah, I'm really hesitant for them to be a contender just based on that history. But I like their roster. I like, uh, I like Jared Calhoun. I like Quisenberry a lot. So they're my pick for second right now. Got Green Bay third. They're always, you know, they seem to be the best of everyone else, but not quite good enough to to be in that upper echelon. So maybe this year that changes. I really hope it does. Um, it's still early, but right now my pick would be Green Bay third. And then it's funny, Jim, that you mentioned Cleveland State is going to get some love because I, I picked them to finish fourth just because, you know, I, I like their roster. They have a lot of continuity coming back. I like their coach. Um you know, I, I think they're going to make a jump. They're not going to be contending for the title, but I think they they're going to make a jump to the top four. So that's my top four. What do you think about that, Jim?
2: Hey, I mean, I I think uh, it's hard to argue with three of those. I was <laughs> um, I knew I knew that Cleveland pick, Cleveland State pick was gonna
1: was gonna get you.
2: No, I, t- Cleveland State could totally be there. I just uh, I happen to think that when I compare them to what. I think that Oakland has. I just think Oakland has a little bit more. Um, so, you know, Cleveland State's definitely going to be a good team. They're, you know, I was giving them a hard time about being 1 11 against the rest of the league besides the bottom, the other bottom three teams. But, you know, at the end of the day, they are going to improve. I just don't, I can't see the jump where people are saying they're first or second. I see a lot of that on Twitter, which makes me think I need to get off of Twitter. But, um, you know, I just don't see that, <laughs> that level of jump. And so maybe I'm punishing them for, people being overly optimistic
1: yeah yeah that's fair so i guess my my next question would be do you think the horizon league will be a top 20 league um you know obviously back in a few years ago with valpo we were a 13 14th ranked league um you know more recently has been in the 20s what, what what's your outlook this year Obviously, all the scheduling is not complete yet, so it's, it's kind of hard to tell, but just your gut thought real quick. Um, is this the year the Horizon League can finally have a, a decent non-conference showing?
2: I'll let Jordan go first on that one.
0: Um, I'm going to say no, but the following year, yes. Uh, there's still a lot of questions for the Detroit Mercies, the IUPUIs, um, especially UIC. And then I see a bunch of the bye games. Including Green Bay and Cleveland State are playing. Um, yeah, I don't. It, I would. Love to, I would love to see them be in the top twenty because it's just right now. There's too many bottom dwellers in the Horizon League, and we need to get the team better. And I think we're on the upswing with that. Um, I hope so, but I'm not. I I don't think so.
2: You know, I think that the league actually can compete in like the summit challenge that we're going to play. I think the league can compete against a lot of other mid-major teams, but in terms of the metrics, uh, Brian knows this is a very sore subject for me, but I happen to think it's totally skewed. The more you play against teams you can't win against, the worse you make your metrics. And so in the end, when you see Oakland, Green Bay, Detroit, for sure, probably Fort Wayne and, you know, going up against teams that they aren't going to beat or aren't likely to beat they're going to, you know, do a lot of damage to their rankings. And I know the net formula is changing, but at the end of the day, you if you look at going up against the high major teams and losing by 20 points, that means somewhere in there, your offense wasn't efficient and your defense wasn't very efficient. And those are some of the key components for the Ken Palm and for the net. And so I just don't see that the non-conference, especially if teams are hurting for money, where they're going to start playing a lot of buy games, uh, is going to go very well for the league. The only thing we can hope is that every other league around us plays more by games too, and then kind of tanks their own numbers. But um, you know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: So that brings me to our last topic. Obviously, one of us is out of state. Um, Green Bay's schedule is basically out, uh, and you know, to my surprise, and a lot of people's surprise, there's no division, no non-division one uh, games on there. So no UW Stouts or or anything like that. So that's always a good thing. But, uh, you know, just looking at the road schedule and, you know, Jim, I'm kind of going to defer to you on this one. If, if we were going to have a meetup, is there a horizon league city you think that would make the most sense? Or is, is there a different, uh, you know, you know, is is like Minnesota or or LSU, Syracuse, you know, one of these schools. um, what, What do you think would be the best spot for us to have a meetup?
2: Yeah. Well, I can go a lot of ways with that. So, I mean, one way to look at it is any game where our new JUCO guys can shine and our three-point defense doesn't suck, uh, that's a good game to go to. (laughs) However, if I were looking at just like cities within the Horizon League, if we were doing that, Detroit's an obvious one because you get two games for one trip. I mean, that's pretty smart. But uh, I'm most intrigued personally. I want to go to Fort Wayne if they're playing at the Coliseum. If they play on campus, that's like a high school looking facility I'm not too interested but I want to kind of see what the new team has like what does their campus look like what is their uh what does their arena look like what are we competing with are they a good ad what's their fan atmosphere like you know um uh, that's one of the things I judge teams on and when I look at the not the rest of the non-conference schedule I kind of look at number 1 I would want to go to Oklahoma State amazing basketball arena they've got the top recruit in the country playing for their team I think that'd be fun. It starts the season off. You know, your euphoria is high. The popcorn just smells better. And this squeak, this screech of the sneakers just sounds better at the beginning of the year. Uh, Minnesota close by easy trip. And then I would go um, Summit League road game. You know, going on the road and winning is fun. And I'd go Syracuse last because that's you know, iconic program and uh, Bayheim's getting up there. I think he's 76 years old. I mean, there's not gonna be too many more opportunities to see a guy like that uh, in person. So that's kind of my order of a road trip. But I think the key point in all this is that we kind of talked about this, maybe going out and doing a road trip. I, you, if anybody knows me, they know I go to road games. Uh, Jordan goes to some road games. I think the key point in all this is doing a Fear of the Phoenix road trip. Anybody that's listening to this, let's do this. Let's make it happen. Let's get some people together. Let's have some fun. Let's make basketball fun again. 2020, 2021 is going to be a year that Green Bay basketball is fun again. Let's do it.
1: I'm in. Yep. I'm, I'm ready to book right now. Let's go. No, I'm in. <laughs> Jordan, uh, any, so if you're looking at the non conference schedule or even, you know, conference cities, what, what would be your top, I don't know, three that you would want to go? have a meetup. Well, at. since I kind of live out
0: of state and I don't get to attend too many games, I'd probably all about all board doing the, you know, two for one. So Detroit, um, so I can knock, knock out two games so I can you know get as much green by basketball as I can. Um, so non-conference it'd be, yeah, it'd be cool to go to, to LSU, especially during the winter time, go down to uh, Baton Rouge. So it's not so freezing, but, but my travel plans for this year are, I am going to come up to green Bay for a, Hope when the schedule comes out for a Thursday, Saturday game. So hopefully we get a Thursday night and then a Saturday night game and they kind of make a big weekend trip out of it. So that's my travel plans this year. And then of course the, uh, the horizon league tournament um, in, Indiana, Indian, in, in, in Indianapolis. So um, that's what I'm most looking forward to, especially that green Bay trip. It's going to be a blast one heck of a weekend.
1: Yeah. That's, that's assuming that the, uh, the conference keeps the, the schedule format the same as they have, which I hope they do because I, I kind of like the Thursday-Saturday or Friday-Sunday, yeah, so I, guess, uh,
0: I hope they do keep that. I forgot what that team that could that could change, but I, I hope not. I hope it's two, two games over the weekend or a week.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they work the the travel partners uh, Jim have you heard anything about how that's going to work I, I don't really recall seeing anything about that
2: no I haven't heard anything I haven't read anything uh, definitely curious how it's going to work out I think you know in the end one thing, and I haven't thought this all the way through, but perhaps periodically you play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You make like a big swing out of it. Like it wouldn't take that much if you're Fort Wayne to play UIC, then Milwaukee, then Green Bay, and then go back home. So maybe that's something that will work out. I mean, you're not gonna have to do that all the time, but it definitely keeping that to the best of their ability, keeping it on the weekends it helps attendance, it helps fan interest. Like the reality is, nobody's gonna go to these games on a Monday or Tuesday. Oh, wait, what day are the championship games played on? <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. well, sorry. That was well done. Guys, I'm on my third beer. Sorry, I can't help myself now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was nicely yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. It sounds like uh, Brian, we're not letting you yeah, off. We're booking. I say we're not
2: letting you off the hook. So where do you want the fear of the Phoenix fan meet up to be? Like, obviously, Indianapolis makes sense for the conference championship games. But if you were picking one of these games and said, hey, this sounds like fun and we're going to get some people to go where would it be
1: well we're already doing indianapolis i, I already got headquarters approval <laughs> from the wife so so indianapolis is happening um, but other than that I, you know i like the idea of of detroit that's they've got a casino we can see two games you know potentially on a weekend they have
2: three casinos um, not just a casino plus one over the border in yeah, Canada. There you go.
1: I mentioned it with Kyle Craven too. And we had him on I was a fan of Cincinnati as well. So I'd I'd be okay with going back there. So, um, yeah, I I guess I don't really have a a favorite. I just want to do it. I want to go watch a road game somewhere. Done. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. All right. Well, you guys got anything else? This has been a, a good happy hour.
2: Yeah. I have one last thing. If you don't mind, um, off the script, I suppose, but We are obviously in a challenging time with uh, coronavirus and everything that's happening. One thing that I think is really important for sports fans to remember is that, you know, the University of Wisconsin Green Bay, if you're a Phoenix fan, um, you know, the university on its whole isn't flushed with money. The athletic department obviously doesn't have money coming out the wazoo, so to speak. Uh, anybody that's looking around and, and see what's happened, you know, they had the day of giving was postpone, postponed. The steak fry was postponed. The uh, golf outings are up in the air right now. We're looking at multiple buy games. Anybody that's still doing well and you know has the ability, give uh, Shane Star a call and see if you can help out financially. Like every little bit helps, and uh, become a Phoenix Fund member if if you can, because that's the engine that drives uh, everything for the university um they do a fantastic job last year they had in the fiscal report for the university i believe like 30% of all donations to the university come in for athletics and so just a little shout out for those guys i mean they're not going to ask because of the times and what we're facing but as a fan i'm going to ask if people can it's what really is going to differentiate uh winning and losing for programs going forward and differentiate you know are we going to stay in the mid major or are we going to be heading towards low major and I, I personally don't want to be in that low-major category, so that's my little shout out. Uh, thanks again for having me, uh, Jordan. It's awesome to be able to have uh, you on the podcast this time, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yep, and I look forward to doing it again
0: for sure. And then I'll take one last plug in there. Uh, I always enjoy people getting on there and posting on the message board. So, if you want to talk Phoenix basketball? Please get on that message board and um, post because I'll be one of the first first people to talk back to you. Um, it's a good way for all of us to keep in contact and you know just talk basketball, and especially in these times, there's not much else to do, but we got an exci- <laughs> yeah, we got an exciting year coming up um, and I would you know love to chat about it and you know maybe we can get our own fear the Phoenix Aurora going of you know multiple Phoenix fans just talking basketball and you know getting excited about the year.
1: Damn that's that's a great idea. I'm in. <laughs> look at that you, you come on the podcast once and you're full of ideas i love it hey. what's the website for that uh message board again that would be fear the phoenix.proboards.com check it out well thank you guys so much i, I really appreciate it um this was fun i've had a couple of captain cokes um i'm feeling good I hope you guys yeah. have fun and let's do it again soon it's it's a long off season who knows how long the quarantine will last so Let's do this again soon. Yep, I
0: agree. Thanks for having me on.